following broadcast has been approved for Elite Hornets fans. What a block by Cody Zeller. Walker down the lane, drive, shoots, scores! Game over! Bringing back the buzz is only the beginning. We will not go quietly into the night. It's Hornets talk for the hardcore fan. It's Hive Talk Live. Welcome in, Hornets fans. You are listening to Hive Talk Live on AtTheHive.com. It's Hornets Talk for the hardcore fan, and we are live in the Gittimer.com studios in BEA, beautiful uptown Charlotte. I'm Doug Branson. And I am David Walker, still very much enjoying that free title preview. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's, a good it's nice. Preview. Why did you Why did you sign up for the title preview? Any Did you just like their design? Uh, just, yeah, I mean, a Spotify user, alternative. Yeah, I was just like Spotify. Let's see what else is out there. And this begins our analysis of the life of Pablo. <laughs> that's, uh, it. Now, that's it. That's it. No, uh, we're gonna. We've got too much to talk about in terms of Hornets, in terms of trades, in terms of injuries, in terms of All Star analysis. This This show is going to be jam packed. No time for Kanye West. Don't tell him though, or, or he'll start asking oh, this show for money. Uh, you can listen to us live every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock p.m. right here on HiveTalkLive.com. And now check us out on Sundays, 8.30 a.m. on Good Day Charlotte, Fox 46 on your local dial, Fox46Charlotte.com for a live stream. You can check us out on television. Wake up with us on Sunday morning. Why not? Doug and David I feel like in adults. the morning. <laughs> Doug and David in the morning. I feel like... Or we could go wake up, Charlotte. Like wake up, da da. Man, there you go. That was scary. It's coming back, Fuller House. (laughs) Uh, It's relevant. We can still month February, big month. I'm telling you. Uh, I just saw something also for the local fans, Charlotte, the Charlotte Knights, the minor league baseball team. Don't even get me started. They're already doing Space Jam Night, which Uh you know about Mr. Belding Night, Mr. Belding Night, and Soup Soup Nazi Nazi night. Night. Not, one of the few times you'll hear the word Nazi on this show. Soup Nazi or, night. Or the nice game, probably. Or the nice game. Yeah. yeah, I wonder if they'll just go with that. What What will the announcer say? The soup, the really strict soup guy. Do you think, that, do you think they're going to sell soup that <laughs> night? That would be going against it, right? If Correct. they sold soup, right. there would be soup for all. Instead of, instead of, soup of no for, soup for you. Right, exactly. Subscribe to us on iTunes, we'll Stitcher. <laughs> If Stitcher's up, apparently Stitcher's been down this week. So if Stitcher is up and running, again, you can, you can subscribe to us there. Just search Hive Talk Live or plug in that RSS feed on your favorite podcast app. Get those shows, get our shows uploaded to your mobile device of choice. And with all of that uh, 90s chatter out of the way, let's swarm Charlotte's. Well, the, the Woj bombs, Adrian Wojnarowski from Yahoo Sports, he made me change this rundown several times. I was going to start with a little Michael Kidd-Gilchrist injury update. Uh, he did, as we have been expecting for almost a week now, he, he is electing to have that surgery mm-hmm. uh, to repair his torn labrum and his right shoulder, the same injury that, that uh, took him down in October before the season got started. He will be out for the remainder of the season, but that's not that's not the big news. The big news is that the Hornets made a trade. You know they did. I mean, you you knew they were going to, and you knew in your heart, even with all of this Dwight Howard chatter hanging in the air, you knew 
that Rich Cho was going to try to make the small deal. He is, he was, he's written a book on the art of the small deal. He was getting antsy. I mean, you could just feel it. There was, and as usual, Doug, no whispers, no, no, out of nowhere. No, No, it's it's right out of the Rich Cho playbook. So David, what is, what is this deal that the Hornets have concocted here? So the Hornets have shipped out, uh, PJ Hairston, the much maligned, oft maligned PJ Hairston. Oft. And uh, third string point guard Brian Roberts and two second round draft picks and get Courtney Lee in return. Now, Doug, I think Brian Roberts is actually going to end up in Miami. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Yes. Um, so they gave up essentially their third uh, point guard, um, their shooting guard, who, as you coined him, was a situational starter. Mm-hmm. And in the wake of this MKG injury news which you just uh just updated us on you know they had to be thinking well they didn't want to go back to that i guess because you know we saw pj didn't play at all once mkg came back uh pj was Went from was starter to dnp yeah so you know i think a lot of people are asking at least a lot of people around here are saying wow we traded pj but i think we can all agree and and our um friend of the show member of the show team member of the team um uh, on on Thursdays, Justin he he was mm-hmm. <laughs> he kind of hinted at his uh, at his review of PJ last last week. I he, mean, yeah, he got his his final licks in. I, I I don't know. You tell me, Doug. Do you think PJ at this point is he in the league next year? Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, that's I, I, and I hate to do that because I will say PJ for all the troubles he had early on. Um, I think he mostly cleaned up any off-court stuff for this year. You well, know? There, well and did what they asked him to yeah, do. Yeah, but I mean, there were reports immediately after all of this trade news came down that the Hornets were just sort of done dealing yeah. with PJ Hairston, mm-hmm. and and I think that had to do obviously with off-court incidents, but those had mostly dissipated. But I think on the court, he, there were just there were just frustrations with fouling with not being able to play him big minutes with i mean he would go out there some nights and and heave it 13 14 times in, in well, 17 minutes i mean and he just yeah he wasn't he wasn't shooting the ball consistently and, and you know if if you're going to try to go out there and shoot your shot and and get your volume of shots in and you can't be a consistent contributor now certainly he made a valiant effort to be a, a defender yeah. in a certain situation and, and go out there and guard the best uh, offensive wing on the floor. And sometimes he was successful and other times he wasn't. And so we shift our focus to the, the newest Hornet, Courtney Lee. And I think he's a guy that has certain defensive weaknesses against quicker guards, but I think he's a more consistent presence on defense. Like you're not going to find Courtney Lee you know, in foul trouble in, in two of his three games because he's getting beat and then makes sort of a silly foul. That's not in, in Courtney Lee's wheelhouse. Maybe more of a cerebral defender at this point in his career than P.J., I would say. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think he's more strategic, more cerebral, and he's a more consistent scorer as yeah. well. I mean, yep. the shooting splits look good, uh, 47% from the field, uh, 37% from beyond the arc, and, and 10 points per game. He's just a consistent presence in terms of scoring. He also, I, I thought it was interesting, and, and this is often debated, like how much do steals help 
create offense and how much do they are how much are they indicative of good defense you've got people i think in two camps that really love steals as an indicator of player value and when 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 guys are scouting people in college to come to the nba some people put a lot of weight on steals in terms of future uh, prospect value and then others would say it's not really an indicator of great defense so with that i'll say that Courtney Lee does average a steal a game, and he's been doing that consistently throughout his career, and that would rank him second on the on the Hornets roster at this point, below Kimba Walker and right above Cody Zeller. So he does add that element mm-hmm. as well. Starter, I think so. I, I think, think so. yeah, I think you have to. And and I don't. A lot of people are asking, or where where does he fit? Is he a shooting guard? Is he a small forward? I don't. I don't know if it really matters. Uh, I, I know that um, Nick Batum has, has played both positions. I got a feeling that he wanted to play shooting guard, and that's why he was excited to come to Charlotte and mm. play with Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Batum. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, Batum. What right. did I say? Uh, I was just clarifying that. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So Batum wants to play the shooting guard position, and you know Courtney Lee. A little more undersized than PJ. PJ has some weight on yeah. Courtney Lee and and an inch of height. But I but I think you can use these guys interchangeably, and I think you use Courtney Lee in that same scenario that you would use PJ Harrison, and that's to say, hey, Courtney, go and guard their best wing for two quarters, so that Batum can get into a bit of a rhythm and not be gassed by the fourth. And if he gets you know, seventy five percent of the same looks that PJ gets. I mean, that's gonna turn into to more buckets mm-hmm. for the Hornets because he hits at a higher rate. It's interesting. Last year he was pretty much a full time starter in Memphis. Um shot just over forty percent from three last year. He's dipped a little bit below this year, not starting quite as much, but still thirty seven percent. So I mean, he's gonna get the looks and if 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 he's respected as a shooter, that's also gonna help. So I think what they you know you know, like you said, the PJ struggles from just an overall sweeping franchise team viewpoint. They were ready to move on anyway. I don't think he's going to be back here after this year. They 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 made that kind of clear when they didn't extend him uh, before the season. So uh, this is a chance to get a legit NBA two guard, veteran presence who's not old by any means, can still play, um, has been in some dogfights, has been in some playoffs. So, you know, um well he shot so he shot forty percent last season. He's shooting thirty percent thirty seven percent from beyond the arc this season, and that's on a team in Memphis that can't really space the floor like the Hornets can. So he I think and, he, he and Conley. That's uh, it. Yeah. So I think he's going to have even more space on this team, more opportunities to knock down shots. And you know, he'll be introduced to this dribble handoff offense uh, that has made Nick Batum very successful. Learned to love it. Yeah, so the question is, how fast can can Courtney Lee get up to speed on the way the Hornets do things? It's a another Mo Williams type of situation from last season. So, you know, you just hope he can come in and and be, uh, you know, a, a threat very quickly because, you know, the Hornets are only one game above five hundred in the in the heat of a Eastern Conference playoff race, and so there's really no no time for error but you have to hand it to rich Cho. i mean he pulls off another i mean you give away r- relatively nothing roberts 
P.J. Harrison, both on expiring deals, second rounders, and, and we know what Rich Cho thinks of second rounders. No one wants second rounders. Well, <laughs> you know, I think there there are people out there that would say, you know, second rounders in the in the top half of the second round can be somewhat valuable, but we've seen second rounders be used as trade yeah. bait more than they've been used to acquire actual assets that contribute to your team. Right. The likelihood of getting a player, certainly that's going to be an impact player of Courtney Lee's stature in the second round, you know. And the Hornets gave away an, a 2018 and 2019 second rounder, the, the 19 they acquired from Brooklyn. Uh, so those are, and they don't have a 2016 because I, they traded that, I believe, for P.J. Harrison to move up. <laughs> so to many get, trades. I, to I, select P.J. Harrison. So, well, the one thing that you did mention on Roberts, though, and that's probably the biggest downside to this trade, um, just the one negative, is losing that third point well, guard. As Rick, own, Bunnell, it, it as put, Rick Bunnell, you know, just tweeted out a little while ago, uh, our friend Rick Bunnell, he, he, he mentioned that. And so... You, you're 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 now super thin. Well, it's more of a yeah, it's more of an injury risk, I think, yeah. than anything else. Because as long as everyone stays healthy, this rotation doesn't really change all that much, except you plug Courtney Lee in for PJ Hairston. But I will say that if there were to be an injury to Lynn or Kemba, it puts the onus on Aaron Harrison. Aaron Harrison. And it's a it was a savvy move to keep him around and, and stash him in the D League for a few games. And feels like you know it feels like you think they could have been looking at this from day one. I mean, by keeping him around. I mean, it was always like he's here. Let's send him down for a little bit. We kind of like what we see. I mean, certainly that had to be an option. I mean, I, actually, I think Roberts had a good had a good year. I think he rebounded. I think he had a rough start last year, but was you know he was fine this year. Yeah, I mean, he, he did everything that he was asked to do and, uh, you know, played decent spot minutes and was able to come in and knock down the similar shots. Just just hasn't been able to knock down the three-point shot, and, and that was something that was uh, advertised as something he could do, and, and he was part of a, a string of, I think, disappointing maneuvers that the Hornets made uh, two off-seasons ago. And, and now uh, he'll go on to Miami, and, and Miami was just trying to clear. They're just trying to get as far away from the tax spending that they're already going to have to do. So that was their motivation. I, I don't understand why Memphis does this deal. The deal doesn't make any sense to me in terms of Memphis. because So Courtney Lee's contract, $5.6 million this season, next season, it's expiring. But because it's a trade, the Hornets will retain his bird rights. Right. So if, if the Hornets do want to opt to keep Courtney Lee uh, beyond – next season or beyond this season I should say then they'll have that option and they'll have the best opportunity to do that I just don't understand why Memphis would only take back PJ Hairston in this deal it doesn't make because because Courtney Lee was a guy that had been mentioned by uh, many people that know what's going on around the Grizzlies as a guy that because he had an expiring deal and it was 5.6. It's that sort of middle of the road kind of deal where you can, it's easier to make salaries match. Mm-hmm. He was the most likely to get dealt. But with Marcus Saul and the broken foot, you, you thought maybe they'd try to get back a big, and they didn't. Yeah. I it's mean, I, I guess they didn't want to face the prospect of re signing him, right? A little too rich for their blood for next year, Lee, at least. Right. But yeah, I don't, I yeah. Know, but, I don't, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I guess that was a main concern. All right. Well. 
Uh, it's an interesting move. Hey, we'll be taking a look at some of the moves uh, the Hornets made uh, this past offseason uh, here in a few moments. Uh, we got to talk some All-Star weekend as well. Uh, I do. I did talk to our good friend and, and former Hive Talk Live host, Spencer Percy. We, we talked Dwight Howard, which it's with everything that kind of went down today, I don't know if it really applies as much. But he did. I want to just real quickly hop back to the MKG injury news because I, I did ask Spencer about whether opting to have the surgery was a smart move over rehabbing that injured shoulder, and he had some interesting things to say, and I want to play that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think there's just a lot of risk uh, involved with him not having the surgery, uh, especially after he's this is the second time he's hurt you know, that same labrum. And, uh, you know, trying to rehab it, is, it's just going to basically mean that, from what I understand, that it's, it's going to be weaker. Um, you know, no matter how quickly the rehab would come or how long it took, uh, the, you know, the joint's going to be weaker unless he has the surgery again. So it, it was never, from, from what I understood from the source, it was never really even in question. Uh, but, the, you know, I think the Hornets wanted to, wanted to sit on it once to let MKG and his family, you know, really figure out what had happened and, and process it because it was such a shock to the system and, and obviously such a letdown to everyone involved. So, but yeah, he's going to have the surgery and I think it's, it's a no-brainer decision. All right, so that's Spencer Percy, former uh, host of Hive Talk Live and now managing editor of QueenCityHoops.com. Make sure to go check out QueenCityHoops.com for um, more Hornets news and analysis. So uh, it's a smart move on MKG's part. I agree with that as well. I think you know you have to have the surgery in that instance, and and you know to 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 not risk to not risk further re-injuring that shoulder. Yeah, as young as he is, you want to try and get it cleaned up as much as you can now, so he can have time to heal. It would have been you know, and also you felt like whether or not he was you know came back too early. I know you guys hit on this last week. But it's like, how much do we really want to push this in one, like two times in one season? It, it just yeah. feels like a lot. And so that certainly played a factor in this decision to go out and acquire Courtney Lee. And now uh, the Hornets have Lee. Uh, and it seems like from the, the early reports of what I'm reading, this seems like um, one of those deals that is going to be looked upon by national writers as a good deal for the Hornets. And it's another, again, small move in the McRoberts for Akeem Warwick in the same vein as, as bringing in Gary Neal and Mo Williams. And Mo, and look, the, the Mo deal, had there not been a, another series of injuries late in the season, could have been <laughs> almost enough. saved the season. It was almost enough. So the McRoberts deal gets into the playoffs. The the Neal, the Gary Neal deal was, a, was another big part of that. And the Mo Williams deal almost did the same thing. So, you know, Rich Cho has the the background that says that these type of moves that he makes are impact moves. And so, you know, when you have the evidence behind you, you almost you have to trust it. You have to trust that this that they've done the research, they have the scouting reports, and they believe that Courtney Lee can fit in this system and, and continue to play well. They were the clear winner in this. I mean, the Hornets yeah. were. So that was another another good move. And you always, I mean, you just can't count show out i mean we knew we knew what what is it the ninth year in a row or something it's, yeah, <laughs> the, it's the fourth year in a row they've made a uh a trade at the deadline so he loves to do it and he's had i mean that's where he's had the most success wouldn't you say yeah i know because I mean, it's it's definitely i mean the draft has been hit or miss for Cho, 
So it's definitely been in the trade where they've been able, the trade market where they've been able to make the maneuvers that uh, that get them ahead. And and you have to look at this Eastern playoff race now and and start to see like Chicago is injured. Indiana has shown some weaknesses. Miami, we don't know what's going on with Bosch. Atlanta may blow things up. We don't know what's going on with Bosch. The conflicting reports could play the rest of the season. As and I've seen reports that say he, he could retire. Oh, because that's crazy. Of, hopefully he's okay. Uh, hopefully, I mean. but you just don't. What I've said, there's just question marks throughout this bottom half. Everyone basically, but Boston, Toronto, and Cleveland. That top three, solid three. Not doing much in the way of move it, although the Celtics are involved in some trade talks. But you got to think those three are locked in, at, but four through eight. It's time to make a move if you can. So, I mean, that's what they're trying to do. And that, I think you can't accuse the Hornets of doing, of just standing pat and, and doing nothing. I mean, they, they're, and they're definitely a team that has been viewed as wanting to win now. Yeah. yeah. And this, and we've said this, I think, about countless deals. Over the past couple of years, but it's a it is a win now maneuver, but it's a win now maneuver that doesn't sacrifice the future. It's not a win at all costs maneuver, right? Which yeah. which I think you know when you talk about the Dwight Howard discussions, which Spencer Percy from Queen City Hoops first reported a week ago, and now has been confirmed by uh, by Mark Stein from ESPN that the Hornets and 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 the Houston Rockets have been discussing Dwight Howard. Then Woj comes in and says that Hold your horses. Hold on. There's really there's really not a path. It's more discussions than anything. The pessimism surrounds these discussions. And and all of this, David, you kind of have to take with a grain of salt. Oh because yeah, it's probably all smoke screens and, and negotiation tactics. Well twenty four hours ago it was Miami. Or, right for Hassan. So yeah. it was Howard for Hassan. It was Howard for Horford. It's it's Houston trying to get everything they can for what they view as a top tier asset, and what the rest of the NBA views as a little bit of a a broken asset. And but still, somebody and we were asked that on Sunday is a gamble worth making, and and we both said yes. Well, I think, look, if you're in a win now mode. And I don't think that can be argued. Charlotte is in a win now mode. Then, then go and win. Like go, do everything you can to get into the fourth or fifth seat. Take a look at Howard for the next whatever the, three months. If, if the goal, the goal is not. I mean, the goal for everyone is to win a title. But the realistic goal for the Hornets is not to win a title. The realistic goal is to win a playoff, playoff series. series. Yeah. Okay. If you want to do that, I think you have to be four or five. Because, again, I think that top three of the East, those are all going to be extremely tough outs. You need to be over a seven-game series. You need to be at least out of that eighth spot, for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but uh, totally. I mean, that's what they're looking at, too. And I don't think there's anyone in the middle on this Dwight talk. Um, It's either you're good with it or you don't want any part of it, as far as Hornets fans go, at least from what I've seen. And all I would say is, you know, like you just said, I think he he obviously gives you something on defense that you don't have now. I mean, no semblance of any rim protection or any paint defense. In, in February, he's scoring sixteen and a half points and and bringing down fourteen and a half rebounds. Yes, please. I mean, that's not. <laughs> I mean, you, don't, you, you sign don't, up for that every you day. You don't sweep that under a rug. And as uh, you know, as they mentioned in Bill Simmons' podcast, contract year. Um, 
you know, essentially he can opt out next year. Yeah. yeah. But he's going to want to, you know, have a good showing. And in the East, I mean, come on, can you, we shouldn't go too far down this road. He's familiar with Clifford and Clifford was sort of his guy when he was in Los Angeles. Right. Like every guy sort of has a buffer on And Orlando, right? Yeah. And so So, they're going to try and do what Van Gundy's trying to do in Detroit, which is recreate what they had in Orlando. I think I'm all out around. And I was listening to the call up earlier and, and Nada, our friend Nada, who comes on the show a lot, who's, who's a member of that team is big on this deal. I'm, I'm, I'm for it because again, I think the worst thing you can do is say, okay, we're, we're in win now mode, but we're only going to take this 80%. Right. I just think if you're, if you're in win now mode, you you don't want to, you don't want to do anything stupid. I mean, you don't want to give up, crazy amount of assets Kimba, to get MKG right you're you're untouchables yeah but I think you do everything in your power and they that may come down to Thursday that's the thing if, if the Dwight deal oh if, it's still going if, oh, the, it's still going. if the Dwight Howard deal got done today on Tuesday I would be scared because then it's I, I think it has to happen Thursday because I think Cho I think Cho would rather not do the deal than get hosed you know what I'm saying? I think there's some guys out there that would that would rather get a deal done than than worry about oh did I win this or did I not win this? But I think that's not like the history has proven that Cho likes to to give very little and get a, a lot of potential. He's not gonna he's not gonna go dancing with Daryl Morey and, and get blindsided, right? Right. So I think so. I mean, again, I'm I'm just taking this from past history. I mean, we see deal after deal where they give up very little and get back something they can use. Even in the Spencer Hawes deal where they took extra years for Lance Stevenson, they got back an extremely usable piece in Spencer Hawes. Yeah. And the other thing I thought about with this, um, two more friends of the show, Richard Walker, Chris Kroger, uh, on the radio yesterday, we're just name dropping today. We're just going to name drop everybody we know. Local media name drop day. We had Spencer back, but anyway, they were talking about Al, the suspension, you know, the, the third, essentially the third strike, and how a lot of people in that building in the organization, you know, weren't happy with that. Obviously, for for obvious reasons, but I'd always thought that Al coming back was maybe a greater possibility than than it is. But you'd think he's involved in whatever talks are going on with this right now, which leads me to believe they are more in line with you know, separating from Al after the season anyway. So if that's the road you're going down, take a shot with bringing in a guy like Dwight Howard and see what happens. I mean, can you imagine him in the pick and roll with Kemba running the floor? It, it would be a different look. It would be a very different look. Although I've heard, I've heard reports that he's not big on the dribble handoff offense. And, you know, he's not one to hide his displeasure with anything. So <laughs> no, there would be some locker room, I think, things to figure out there. We'll, we'll keep an eye on it. And and uh, we're back on the air on Thursday night. So we should. Uh, oh, th- th- my. It should oh be my. much. I know. I'm just I'm exhausted you, from changing you have, this. Rundown. You have the Woj alerts set up, right? Yeah. I just I just locked it in today. I wasn't it wasn't. They weren't on for me. The tweet alerts. It's brutal. They're 90 percent vertical podcast notifications now. So it's 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 a little tougher <laughs> to keep that thing clicked on. But. I, I love her. I love the podcast. The Yao Ming one was amazing, but you know, you 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 have the Woj alert set up for a reason, and it's not the vertical podcast no. notifications. 
So anyway, um, yeah, so we'll, we'll keep an eye on it and definitely – uh, come back here, Hive Talk Live, Thursday, 6 o'clock p.m. I'll be with Justin Thomas, uh, Hive Talk Live, brought to you by ESPN 730. And we'll have much more on Courtney Lee and this deal. And also we'll we'll talk about anything that's going on around the trade deadline. Because who knows? I mean, as we said, the Hornets are a little thin at point guard now. So we could see more maneuvers to, to shore up uh, this lineup that has definitely been susceptible to injuries even if you do nothing now though david i think you know with courtney lee you have an even better lineup than you had at the end of november and early december when the hornets were top 10 offense top 10 defense and guess what doug if they have injuries they aren't going to make the playoffs anyway you know what i mean if they had any more injuries once they lost mkg they need all hands on deck right now so if they lose anyone else and it gets bad you know, they weren't going to make it anyway. I, I don't think. I just think it would be a little too much to overcome. So they shored up. And, I mean, look at the depth they'll have now at the two at the two guard or on the wing. You know, assuming if he comes back, if everyone comes back healthy, they're they're pretty loaded there. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're a threat from beyond. They continue to be a threat from beyond the arc, even more so now when you sub out Courtney Lee for P.J., but even when you compare Courtney Lee to MKG, I mean, certainly the, the drop-off. Go back to Henderson. I mean, you go all the way back to last year. So you're, now you're going to have a two-guard, a, a starting two-guard. What and, do you, and that, a if you're defending that, I just don't know what you do. Because uh, well, you've got to worry about Batum on the dribble handoff. You have to worry about Kimba on any kind of screen and roll. I haven't done enough tape research to talk about how Courtney Lee does off the screen. But I, I imagine it's good. But he – you know, the one – I think the one thing that that lineup is kind of missing is a spot up, and you're not going to have a drop off spot now up shooter and from and, him to Lamb. Yeah, so you know I think it's going to be a good move. It's just going to add to that, like you said, add to this lineup all the threes for everyone, and more importantly, consistent threes. That, I mean, consistency. Yeah, that's the one thing that the starting rotation struggled with during that end of November, early December run that we keep pointing to. And it was really the bench that provided that consistency in the in the second and early fourth that propelled them to some of those victories. So And your bench and your bench mode or your bench squad is is untouched by this. So that you know you're keeping that intact. Yeah, kid, you don't yeah. give away that's that's the amazing part. You go, they get Courtney Lee, a veteran Somebody who's has proven success. You've someone you've everyone has watched a game where Courtney Lee was the difference. Yeah, you brought that up. <laughs> He's the guy. Yeah, Courtney like, Lee oh killed God. me tonight. Yeah, and you need those. You need those all over your roster on your first unit and your second unit. You need guys, and Lamb is is like that in mm-hmm. a sense. He can come in and drop twenty all of a sudden, and you don't know what hit you. And. And Courtney Lee is certainly that same kind of difference maker. So he's just solid, right? I mean, I mean, he's solid. You know how I feel about that word. He's just solid. Tough, it's a, stop, hey, stop Doug, saying. it's a good look. Stuff is what it is. Stuff it's a good look. You stop. All right, let's talk about the All Star Game. Your favorite? Let's talk about that All Star Game. All Star Weekend. All Star Weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't really want to talk about the All Star Game. It was a little bit lackluster, don't you think? All right. Let me. What do you think about this idea? Okay. I was trying to figure. They're not going to change the All Star Game. I was trying game, to figure. Please. <laughs> no. Give I was me trying to figure thoughts. out some way. Of, what if they did like first team to two hundred or something? I mean, I, I don't know. You know what's weird about that game is that I thought in the first quarter, 
I commented that it was much more competitive than I than I have been used to in the first quarter of an All Star game. Kobe. I don't even think it was Kobe. I think it's young guys. I think when you when you start to get non competitive is when you have veterans like LeBron mm-hmm. who's been there, done that. He's been to a, what, a thousand of these All Star games. Scoring now. leader now. Yeah, doesn't care about him. Doesn't care. That's what he said after the game. He doesn't Means care. Nothing. But I think young guys have a little bit of that young buck ego. I got to go out and show a little bit, not a lot. They're not going to. Yeah, just imagine if you'd had somebody like, I don't know, Kimba Walker in there. Who, yeah, who knows? <laughs> who has something to prove? Uh, no, it's, it's much better to have Pau Gasol and Al for. And by the way, they got killed by the small lineup. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so, uh, whatever. Uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, all star game, a little lackluster, but David, the, the Saturday night. Saturday night was unbelievable. It's got to go down as top. Top three. Well, it's being compared to the '88 Dominic right. Jordan, Jordan, and Larry Bird. I believe it was the three it was about three to back three in a row. Yeah, his third time winning the three point shooting I, contest. I think that one still takes the cake because of the names involved and the stature and the star power. I mean, that one puts it over the top for me. I mean, the dunks were. <laughs> I mean, please, those dunks weren't even. We don't know. In we, but the thing is, we don't know whether or not. I mean, Zach, the, the, Levine, Gordon, these guys are young. We don't know whether or not they're going to right, become but, stars. Yeah, but MJ and Neek and Bird were, they were already were established. Already, yeah. Well, and Neek and, yeah. and Bird. And Jordan. Jordan was, we were pretty, I think, I think up. folks were, were I, fairly certain. <laughs> People were placing their bets, I think, at that time. <laughs> but he wasn't, you know, wasn't like three time champion Jordan. No, you no, know. no, no. <laughs> Duck had his doubts, though. Yeah. I'd love to get back. Was there just little Doug would've, sitting there watching like this guy? Like MJ hot here. take. Yeah, one year old Doug <laughs> dropping hot takes on <laughs> well, Twitter. The, the version of Twitter in 88 would have been like the refrigerator he'll never dropping. Win. He'll never win. Yeah. It's all about him. But but I think that's that's and I mean we don't have to have that discussion because I think that we're all awesome and well let's talk about Saturday night so they they got rid of the shooting stars I kind of liked it I, whatever it's I'm fine. fine with them getting rid of that yeah it didn't, it, it the just whole thing moved diversionary to the me. whole thing moved well because the the skills challenge was great and you talked about people actually caring and going out and and competing the big guys you got to get the young guys in here because that's yeah. what i'm saying like cat uh, um carl anthony towns wanted it. and isaiah thomas yeah they both wanted it and isaiah thomas it was his first all-star game so yep. those guys have something to prove and that makes those things fun to watch you couldn't have asked for a better first night or, or saturday night if you're the NBA, because you had all of the drama and all of the intrigue in each of these individual events, even the Kevin Hart, as you said, even the Kevin Hart, Draymond Green, it was that silly. Worked. It worked. It was silly, <laughs> but it worked somehow. You hit twelve threes. I didn't. I didn't think that. I didn't think that all three of the events would go as well as they did, but they did, and the and the NBA certainly enjoyed it. And there, I was thinking of some things that I would change if I were. All stars are. Do you have mm-hmm. anything other than God? That'd be what a great job that would be. Yeah. Um, you know what? And, and I'm sure I'm stealing this from somewhere. Remember when they used to do the three point contest? Guys on either end. I don't remember this. You don't remember that? Mm-mm. So you'd have 
essentially guys on either end. The, you have one person shooting on each basket, so you're going. Oh, again. I see. I and see. I like the head. That was fun, but the three point contest is fine. I don't think you really need to make too many tweaks with that when you got those dudes. I mean, the shooters, Steph and Clay, and I did see that Steph. I, I'm. I thought I saw that he he wasn't going to do it anymore. That's unfortunate because it's in Charlotte. But you never season. know. A year from now is a long time. Yeah. I mean, they just, somebody's got to get in his ear. But um, that's the only thing I would adjust to that. That's what you do. I, I love you the lower, you lo- if you're Steph, you lower expectations, and then right. you just hit him right at the end. It's oh, rubber, I am going to do the it. The rubber match. He's got to come back, right? Well, he doesn't have to do anything. He's <laughs> one of the most popular players in the world. But I think, <sighs> I think Charlotte, you got to do He's something. He's got to do something. And it's not going to be the... Uh, the shooting stars they probably won't bring that back unfortunately no that thing is dead and gone but if i were all-star czar this is a really nerdy one but i would i would cut the participants of the all-star skills challenge in half Mm. and add an extra lap i just i always think it ends too soon man well they did it in pretty fast this time around that's a long that looks like a lot of running though I think they'd be okay. What they don't really run. I mean, DeMarcus was dribbling it off his knee. (laughs) Um, I don't think they're running. I think, I just think it ends too quick. It just seems like it's not really skills. It's like who can hit that last shot. That's really, that's what it It comes down to the three. Yeah, it doesn't really come down because none of the other things mattered. The layup doesn't matter. The pass really doesn't matter. The pass can, you would think the pass could mess you up, but it really comes down to the three. I feel like there were multiple passes at one point, and that's and that helped. There was uh, a bounce pass. I mean, that would be brutal on the Wasn't big guys. Wasn't there like a moving target oh, one yeah, time? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. they messed with the course a couple of times, but they, they, they tweaked it. you got to keep the big guys and, and the small guys. That's, I think they that's should, a good move. I think here's an idea. i got an idea for you. All-Star Skills Challenge, you just run them through the legends of the Hidden Temple. <laughs> Does any, <laughs> was there like a boulder? Like, yeah, you, okay. team up, you team up a small and a big – and you know you got purple parrots, silver snakes, and um, blue iguanas or whatever, and you you run them through that one Olmec's temple. That Saturday was perfect. So I mean, <laughs> if everything goes, I like that idea. If everything goes according to plan, which that one did, there's not much you can do to improve it. Uh, one other thing, I'm probably stealing this too. How about a um, a long range contest? You know, I mean. Like, a, like an actual jump shot contest. How far can you go? Because Steph, they shoot from half court. That, that that has to be a consideration. Maybe a couple of years from now, once Steph has revolutionized the game by extending shots out. Like to, you would have to, you yeah. probably have to have judges say that's a jump shot or because you don't want to have heaves. You mm-hmm. know, you want to have actual form jump shots. Mm-hmm. But like how far can you go back? I like it. That'd be fun. That would be a true shooting stars challenge. It would be. It would I be. I think you're just trying to re- revive shooting stars. Let's just challenge. bring back the shooting. You know what? But the dunk contest, Doug, I mean, that's why you have it last. Because everyone thought the three point, it couldn't get any better. Were you okay with the result? Yeah. I mean, I don't think you could. I, I mean, I was, I was actually okay with a tie. I was rooting for Charlotte's sake, for next year's sake. I was rooting for a Gordon win or, or a tie. I think it's fine because if you're, if you're Zach Levine. You you played this perfectly strategically. You came out with an amazing dunk for your first dunk, and you set the tone. Because you're a previous champion, if you set the tone early, now the judges have it in their mind like this guy has to blow it at this point. He can't. No one can come and steal this crown. He's got to lose it. Yeah. If he comes out with a sour first dunk, 
then the judges think, oh, he doesn't really want to repeat. Well, they both ran out. I mean, I don't, they both ran out of dunks. But the thing that was good, aside from the little intros that they did, they did away with all the extra fluff that they didn't need. I mean, especially Zach. He what he used Andre Miller, but that was it. Yeah, he used Andre Miller. So they really cut down on the props, which is fine. I mean, the no mas- advertisements flared <laughs> in like Blake. The mascot. Ridiculous. I mean, if you'd have told me beforehand a mascot and a hoverboard are going to be heavily involved, I would have voted no on that. But, but he made it work. Oh my god, that was awesome. That was amazing. You would not expect that guy. I mean, Drummond and, and Will Barton didn't have horrible dunks either. But I mean, they were just they were just outclassed, right? Well, Drummond did. Drummond had several horrible displays. <laughs> I'm just being. They, they also had some good ones. Is what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, they had some fine. They had fine dunks. No one, no one really, embarrassed One of those himself. was Steve Nash's fault. Yeah, really. Hey, look, Come on, Nash. Don't, Come don't, on. Well, you can't bring a guy who's out of the league into the. You gotta, you gotta give somebody. You gotta bring somebody in who has something to lose. It's a pride wise. I think that's awesome, where man. I think that's where he went off the rails. But yeah, the dunk contest completely, completely is returned. I want to get to. We've got Nick Denning on the line, so I want to get to these NBA picks and our topic, and then I do want to play a, a portion of. My interview with Blake Murphy, who covers the Raptors, the Toronto Raptors for RaptorsRepublic.com. And he was knee deep in coverage of the 2016 All Star game in Toronto. And he has some insights about uh, what you should do if you're planning to travel to Charlotte in 2017 for the All Star game. He's got some tips for you. Good. And, and I've got a full interview that I'm going to post because he had a lot of insights about the all-star game and what it means to the city and et cetera, et cetera. And I think a lot of it applies to Charlotte in 2017. So I'm going to post that full interview. But first I want to get to our guy, Nick Denning. He's back on the line. Nick, how are you, my friend? I'm, I'm doing well, guys. How did you, what, what did you think about all-star weekend? Oh, oh, I loved it. I almost, I almost did watch the, the dunk contest. I was like, yeah, do I want to watch this? And I said, okay, I'll, I will. And I, I'm so glad. That was awesome. That would have made two of us, Nick. Doug knows this. I I love NBA All-Star Saturday. And for this year's version, I decided to fall asleep at about 530 and then woke <laughs> up uh, just as the dunk contest was going on. So I had to go back and play catch up. But that's the life. You both, that's, you that's both of dad you, life. Both of you would have been like the, the folks that fell asleep for the miracle after midnight, the, the overtime win against Sacramento. You would have been those oh, goose. Those yeah. gooses. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to some NBA picks. David, what should folks be watching for in the NBA this week? Mm, I'm glad you asked me. Okay, so league pass game is I'm just glad but first first of all, I'm just glad that basketball is returning. It's it's the spotlight. It, I'm ready for real game. I'm ready it's for real games. As so, much as I love All Star Weekend, I'm just ready for real <laughs> NBA action to analyze because I, you know, you can't analyze the All Star Game. We didn't pick the, the East West. I pick. I would have picked West just for the record. Oh, I mean, you got to <laughs> pick the team with Russell Westbrook because the guy takes every he takes Mountain Dew commercials seriously, more seriously than anyone ever has taken a Mountain Dew commercial. So of course he's going to come in the All Star Game and try to score a quadruple double. That was awesome. All right, so anyway. that was awesome. Um, <laughs> all right, so all my picks are on Sunday, 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 and big play, Sunday. Play your League Pass four way view. That's right. So League Pass Jazz at 
Trailblazers Sunday. I'm taking the Portland Trailblazers in that one. That's a good matchup out west of a couple teams that are up and coming and uh, have some good young players on them. But you know me in the Rose Garden. I'm going with the Blazers. National TV game, Cleveland at Oklahoma City. You're Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant welcoming in LeBron and Tyrone Lou. I'm going to take the Thunder in that one because, like you said, about Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I mean he's he's just he has a just a fierce vendetta against everyone right now. Yeah. So uh Hornets lock of the week. I have a feeling I won't be alone on this one. Brooklyn at Brooklyn on Sunday. So just sit down on your couch on Sunday, folks. You've got a full day of basketball ahead of you. Well it's a short week. It's only Brooklyn and Milwaukee on Friday. Nick, are are you going to are you going to be brave and select the Hornets over Milwaukee. Milwaukee thrashed the Hornets last time. No, I'm not, I'm not going to be brave. I'm also <laughs> mostly going to take the Hornets <laughs> against Brooklyn on Sunday. Um, let's see. League pass special. I've got um, on Saturday, uh, New York, New York Knicks against Minnesota, just because it's Chris Stapps versus Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, what more do we need? Two best rookies in the league this year. Um, and then my national TV game, also Saturday, Golden State at the Los Angeles Clippers because those two teams do not like each other. Um, and I just think that's going to be just great television. Um, just so you know, I picked Minnesota in the league pass game, and then I'm picking Golden State because I have to. I, mean, I have to check State. your work and make sure that this isn't a third straight week. You really have break, to. <laughs> break the rules. Like, did you see the – speaking of rule breaking, did you see that this came down – probably 15 minutes before the show went up, that the NBA sent down a letter that said that uh, are addressing the folks that have been climbing on the backs of players on free throws to get intentional fouls. Those will <laughs> now be, if applicable, flagrant fouls. So, Dova Dova, watch out. Yeah, you're okay. You okay with that ruling there, Nick? Yeah, I mean, it's it's... That's silly. It was not, it was unbasketball to get rid of the these, these fouls. Yeah, so I, I'm 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 cool with it. All right. Well, you know, I can't believe neither of you had the courage to pick the Hornets over Milwaukee in a rematch and one where they want to get their pride back. They have you know they have a new weapon in Courtney Lee. Can't believe it. All right. So I'm taking the Hornets at Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as my Hornets lock. <laughs> Uh, national TV game. I'm going Chicago. I'm, we all pick different national TV games. I'm going Thursday because I'm so excited for basketball, real basketball to return. I want to get right into it. Thursday, Chicago at Cleveland. Chicago is wounded. Um, so it, it could be, you know, we could see maybe a signal of things to come. Can Chicago survive or are they heading uh, out of the playoff race? Because they're, they're just barely hanging on. I think they're right above, right above the Hornets. And then my league pass special Friday, Miami at Atlanta. I wrote down when I picked this that one of these teams might have Dwight Howard, but even that's looking less and less likely. I don't know if Dwight Howard gets moved at all at this point. Um, but Miami seems to be cost-cutting in the wake of the Bosch news. And Atlanta, they could move several players before the trade deadline is done. So... This could turn into a real sad fest unless you're a Hornets fan and, and you want the Hornets to overtake these cats in the playoff race. Then you could take some sort of schadenfreudian pleasure out of watching these two, two teams struggle against one another if that happens to be the case. 
So I'm taking the Hornets over Brooklyn. I'm taking Cleveland over Chicago. And then Miami at Atlanta. I'm taking Miami on the road because, I, you know, Hassan Whiteside is just a, a really tough matchup. Okay. Our NBA topic for tonight is the post-All-Star outlook for the Hornets. And the question is, how many wins get the Hornets to the playoffs? They they currently sit at 27 and 26. They have 29 games remaining. What's the magic number for the Hornets, David, to get them to the playoffs? I think I said 20 on Sunday when we were chatting about this. So I think 20 20 easily gets them in. Um, That would give them 47 on the year. Yeah, that's pretty. I think they're good. I think they're good with that. What what's the what's the basement floor though? What do you think they can get away with and still nab an eight seed and an automatic exit? I mean, I still think the Cleveland Cavaliers. I still think the eight seed is going to come in right in around 500. So I mean, I feel like as long as you're hovering around there. Uh, you're going to have a, ch- a chance to get in. So if they can do that, they'll have a shot. So 41, 42. Exactly. So 500. It's a little quick in. math. Yeah. Beep, boop, 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 beep, boop, boop. All right, Nick, what do you think? How many? You, you, you've done some analysis here. You've done some deep analysis of the schedule. <laughs> yeah, well, um, the projected standings on, on basketball reference have them at like 43, a little over 43 wins, uh, which I think is very realistic. Um I think 42 gets them in, but I think 43 is a pretty reasonable shot. Now, I went through and just kind of looked at the remaining schedule and kind of said, okay, that's a win, that's a loss. I have the remaining schedule. I have them getting 19 more wins. I would put them at um, 46 wins for the season. So, now, that's, you know, I thought that was pretty pretty uh, generous, but then, you know, David just did 47, so I'm not even, the, I don't even have the highest number here. Yeah, but, I don't, I don't think know, they're going to lose anymore. <laughs> No, the lead, the lead signing does does help a lot, I think. I mean, because I was, I was basing this off with P.J. in the starting lineup. Um, now we've got Courtney Lee. This, is, this changes things a bit. Yeah, well, there's so many question marks still at this point. How, how will Al Jefferson reintegrate in this lineup if he even remains on the team before Thursday? Yeah, just so many question marks at this point. But I think they, I think they have the talent to get 45-ish wins, and I think that would put them around the 7-6 seed. If they overachieve, which I think they have, if they want to win a playoff series, they have to overachieve. They have to get to 47, 48 and drop into that fifth, fourth seed. So I don't, I don't, I'm not going to make a prediction. I'll, I'll leave that to you two gentlemen. Now, what? (laughs) I hate predictions. You trick me. I'll say 47. I'll go one. What was that? You, no, Nick said 47. I'll go, this is like a game of Price is Right. Uh, 48, Bob or Drew, whoever's hosting it now. The so, fact that we're talking about 46, 47 wins for this team, though, you know, even even if it's on the high side, I think is a credit to 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 them, and it's surprising and it feels good. I mean, think of where the the over, Vegas over under was like what thirty six or something. This isn't crazy though, because again, they they played very well early in the season when they had a majority of their players healthy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, I'm they, saying it they, could they not only can I think they can refine that. But they they will they will refine that in the midst of a march where they nearly play all of their games at home, yeah. And and they have favorable matchups in April. No more Western trips. Although I'll say in April they have to play all three of the top East teams away, so those will be tough matchups. But the rest of them are against sub five hundred talent in April. So yeah, and look what they did against the upper half of the East yeah, already. They, well, they have to do it on the road though. That's the they don't care. 
They love <laughs> you're they wrong. Love the challenge. You're wrong. Um, all right, Nick, thanks for joining us again, my friend, and we'll talk to you next week. I want to get to this interview that I did with Blake Murphy. Again, he's the managing editor of RaptorsRepublic.com, the ESPN True Hoop blog for the Toronto Raptors, and he covered the All-Star Weekend festivities. I asked him to give me a couple of tips if you're either living around Charlotte and you want to try to get to some of the festivities that are going on, whether it's auxiliary events around the All-Star Weekend or if it's the actual Friday celebrity game, Saturday festivities, Sunday, the actual All-Star game. I asked Blake to give me some tips on on getting the most out of the experience. Yeah, if you're traveling to Charlotte, what I'd do is I'd find someone in Charlotte who who knows a little bit beforehand. And, you know, if you you obviously want a, your itinerary to be fluid so that you can kind of go with the flow. But I think something like restaurants is, is what you want to lock down ahead of time. I don't think you want to be scrambling to, to figure out where you're going to eat. Um, I don't know what Charlotte's food scene is like. I've only ever spent like a day there. Uh, but in Toronto, where restaurants are a big draw of the city, kind of planning that out ahead of time is something that I, I would have suggested for anyone and kind of lock down your restaurant recommendations and, and figure where you can fit that stuff in your schedule. Um, the other thing is, you know, maybe if you're media, you kind of got to get the most out of it. If you're a fan, maybe don't try to jam everything in because it's an, it's a pretty exhausting weekend and you want the flexibility, um, you know, throughout the day because events pop up on short notice. Like here there was, I think Steph Curry was at a Foot Locker, which was a little bit out of town and nobody really knew it was going to happen until after. So, you know, if athlete appearances are your thing, that kind of came out of nowhere. There was a, a short notice, unofficial celebrity charity game uh, that Stoop Dog and 2 Chains put on. Uh, so things like that will pop up uh, and you want that flexibility built into your plan. So, you know, the night events do, but maybe don't commit yourself to loading up the days because if you're going as a fan, it's a bit of a vacation too, right? You don't want to, uh, you don't want to exhaust yourself burning it at both ends, but really, and then, you know, for media, for the Charlotte media, and then for anyone who's traveling next year, I think you kind of have to just embrace the chaos content wise, you know, everyone's going to have the same quotes and everyone's going to be rushing to to ask the same players, the same questions. And, you know, you want to do good work still, but you kind of have to, this is advice that was given to me beforehand and I'd pass it on is you got to kind of enjoy the spectacle of it because that's a big part of what all-star weekend is, is it's this crazy spectacle where, you know, thousands of people descend on a city for, you know, star watching it and it gets really crazy. And that was a lot of the fun of it. Again, Blake Murphy from RaptorsRepublic.com. He was there for all of the Toronto 2016 All-Star Weekend festivities. Did you hear that? Snoop Dogg and both chains were were at that celebrity event. Both both chains brothers. Two yeah. chains. I'm gonna be so tired next year. <laughs> I'm already I'm already exhausted. It's going to be it's going to be nuts. And I think we need to save that and play it. Mm-hmm next year. The reason I think this is interesting is because I see a lot of similarities in the way Toronto is set up and the way Charlotte is set up in terms of having compact Yeah, that's a plus. downtown areas. You've got the arena in both instances in downtown as opposed to how it was in 91 the last time Charlotte had the All-Star game where the arena was near the airport Tumbleweeds in south, downtown. southwest Charlotte. Mm-hmm. So there was there would have been commute issues 
if that were still the case. I can't believe they but in this, it, yeah. I can't believe they had it then. Yeah, I mean, ama- looking back on it, it's crazy. It's amazing. So in 2017, they'll have... So in Toronto, they had the the main events in ACC. Um, mm-hmm. What do they call that? Air Canada Air Center. Air Canada Center. And then Rico Coliseum was the site of some of the AUX events. Right. And and that's pretty. those are pretty close together. And again, similar situation in Charlotte where you have TWC and what will most likely host those auxiliary events, Bojangles Coliseum, I, I see as the the second venue for some of these. And then the Fan Fest and stuff will be at the Convention, convention Center, Center, which is, again, right there, right down the, the, the road. And, and you have the blue line, so you have some public transit mm-hmm. that can get you from place to place. It's probably, I think Toronto has subways and underground, and they've got much more of a, a public transit system set up than Charlotte does. But Charlotte, I think, is, is decently easy to navigate so it will be it will be an easy experience just a lot of pressure as, as I, I was I listening that's to what Bla- i was gonna say i as, know as, as i was listening to blake it I'm was like, such a home run in toronto it was yeah, such you, a, a a hit and you have to follow that up and for both toronto and charlotte i think it's an opportunity to present yourself as a legitimate city to host events and if you blow it and it's so that's a, and a in, legitimate in a world city of, for players well yeah and in the world of, of Twitter and instant analysis, it's so easy to blow it. You know, it's so easy to mess it up. Well, look, because, what, what was the overall theme until Saturday night went off so well? It was how effing freezing and cold it was. Yeah, but people didn't see it. What, the post analysis of the games is that it was like, oh, yeah, it was cold, but. But this was awesome. And you're not going to have that in Charlotte. You're going to have, you know, 30 to 40 degrees. Unless we, which is unless not, we get down with one of those muggy 55 degree. Which would be amazing. Rain. People would love that. <laughs> or maybe not the rain. Yeah, I don't know. But. Well, everything's going to be inside. That's the beauty of it. It won't matter. That's, I, but I that's love the, the thing. T- I love the pro tip on on uh, keeping. I think you have to keep an eye on your beat writers and your your blog writers and just random people who tweet a lot in Charlotte to make sure that you're aware of all of the little events that are going on around the city that just pop up, like Steph Curry to Foot Locker. Yeah, that'll be cool. I think that. Um it, there is a lot of pressure. You're right. I mean, I, I had a feeling that Toronto was going to was going to go all out and do well. But that's the thing. The, Toronto they can't do a whole lot about having an awesome dunk contest. You got to hope that you get Levine and Gordon in there. You got to hope that things go off well um, because that's you know that's what everyone talks about. So we'll see. You got to get a good uh, musical act. You know they're they're taking suggestions now. Someone that's sort of anti Sting. You don't want to do that again, I think. That was resoundingly I mean, it's like no one thinks Sting is going to do a bad job. It's just like... Mm. Now, he was a two-putt. Everybody wanted a one-putt. Is Timberlake, is Timberlake like, would he, is he, does he check all the boxes? Would I think that would ideal? work. He'd be your ideal. I, I think that would work. He's on, I, he was on um, he's, TWC. He's in every post-game show. <laughs> Well, he was on. <laughs> he was banner. on like the the I know. Uh, the banner. Yeah. It's behind them in every oh, okay. postgame show. There you go. So it's perfect. He's staring right into my soul every time I watch that. There you go. What did you think of the logo? They released the logo. I love the logo. It looks good. It, I think they did a good job because they um, they kind of took out you know the pointy. They got the pointy stinger sides that they use in their current logo. If that's my, if I have one critique, it's kind of 
too much like the it's the, like everything it's yeah. like the hornets it's like the swarm logo that we saw they kind of brought back they're the, keeping bright listen they're keeping brand synergy that's for sure they brought the the crown know, the crown back i which, like that. which was which was and it's flat i'm always for flat design yeah of course who isn't but the crown they used that heavily in 91 so it's so cool it was to a, see that brought back but 91 used all kinds of weird colors it was a time when you didn't you I, I don't think you were allowed to really celebrate your team with the all-star festivities like you kind of had to be a little bit neutral you had to go on brand for nba yeah yeah but now they let you have a little bit of personality in the logo bring your own man we'll see what happens with the nike will be doing the will be doing the uniforms next year for the first time the, well listen that the the merch is already on sale at the it's fan in the shop. Store. I mean, the logo is can be had. Burn my wallet. <laughs> All right, we didn't have time to get to the look back at the offseason move the Hornets made, but make sure to listen to us Thursday at six o'clock p.m. Justin and I will break down. They were good. Yeah, but, yeah. Spoiler alert: Batum <laughs> for Henderson and Vonley, Lance for Hawes, and essentially Jeremy Lamb as well. Thumbs up. Yeah, those are thumbs up moves. But we'll we'll get into those moves deeper, and we'll tell you what's going on with Lance Stevenson. Gerald Henderson and Noah Vonley, if there's any seller's remorse on the Hornets' part, we'll let you know on Thursday, 6 o'clock p.m., Hive Talk Live, brought to you by ESPN 730. And again, make sure to check us out. Set your DVR if you don't want to wake up on Sunday. I get it. Sometimes you want to sleep in. Just set your DVR for the 8.30 half hour on Fox 46. And if you're out of town, you can go to fox46charlotte.com and check out the live stream. And we'll be talking Hornets with uh, anchor Caitlin Lockerbie. And if you don't know who Caitlin Lockerbie is, um, she's in the intro. Her voice uh, provides a little bit of a cameo cameo in the intro. So you've heard her voice before, even if you don't, if you've never seen her before. All right, that'll do it for us Hornets fans. Thank you so much to our guest, Blake Murphy and Spencer Percy. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hive Talk Live for live game updates and more. Go to atthehive.com for all the latest news and analysis on these trades and everything that's going on. For David, Nick, and producer Katie, I'm Doug saying stay bought in, stay believing, go Courtney Lee, all hail the teal and purple. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.